good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, whatever time it is when you're tuning in. This is episode 6 of Viva Radio, coming at you very, very shortly. Sorry it's been a while since the last episode. We've had a lot going on here, some really exciting things which are coming in the not-too-distant future. Three or four weeks, to be precise. I can't reveal too much now, but we will be dropping some more hints shortly, and yeah, safe to say we're all very, very excited about what's to come. Next year especially, we've got some really, really exciting plans to come. So in today's show, I was lucky enough to sit down with a good friend of mine, Izzy Von Kohler. She is a fantastic personal trainer and a bit of a sensation on Instagram. A lot of you guys probably know her from there. But more importantly, she is someone who lives and breathes fitness. Uh, She's a vegan for five years, so she's got a lot to say on that subject. But also, she is someone that, you know, no matter where you're coming at it from, she delivers incredible results for her clients. Um, Someone whose opinion I really value when it comes to fitness and nutrition so I was stoked to be able to sit down with her today and answer a few of your questions which she sent in on the last show. If you guys have got any questions for future shows then please do email us info at vivolife.co.uk we will get them answered. We're going to try and get one more podcast in before Christmas and then after that it will probably be coming back in the new year with some more Q&A shows and special guests. So yeah really excited to bring you today's show it's a bit shorter than the previous ones but we get into a lot of good information so tune in hope you guys enjoy it and yeah really really pleased to welcome izzy to the show thanks as always for listening i hope you get something out of today's show and i will see you on the other side so here's one thing i wanted to bring up I wrote an article uh, a couple of weeks back about health shaming and it seems yeah. the new thing is squat shaming looking at your Instagram oh, a few days ago. It's mad, isn't it? Why does everyone yeah. just like feel the need to comment it's on like, stuff these ahead, days? like, go ahead, be my guest. Have a go. Like, try it. <laughs> it's not that easy. Like, and the fact that, you know, I already pointed out some of my faults anyway. I never said it was a perfect squat. I never said I said it was hard. I said it was difficult. So... But this is it, right? Like we live in, we're kind of in the world where everyone's an expert, everyone's got an opinion, yeah. and it's like I've kind of got to the point now where I just sort of shut off to it, and I only listen to the people that actually deliver results. Like I know from you, from the results you get from your clients, like you actually deliver results. It's the same with Dan. It's the same with Vicky, Suki, like other personal trainers that you know I have time for and speak to and value their opinion is because they deliver results not just because they're just kind of up in people's Instagram comments and saying like oh you should be squatting deeper or you should be facing the rack or something like it's mad yeah I know it's ridiculous people just want to say give their two cents don't they Mm, yeah and I think that's kind of I think that's what makes everything so confusing as well like because everyone does have an opinion and because everyone has kind of is looking at it a different way like I think people especially if they're new to it they don't really know who to listen to you know and I've kind of got to the point where I think when we started Vivo we were like we we kind of want to get everyone under the same umbrella and get everyone kind of learning and whether they're sort of a real beginner or they're you know sort of a bit further along down the line and I've kind of come to the conclusion that people are going to make mistakes but I think that's kind of part of the process like they might listen to the wrong people and it might not work for them but they're going to over time like from my position and from you as well I guess like you've sort of this has been a few years in the process right you've been kind of learning tweaking especially with your own training your own clients and stuff it doesn't all come straight away 
course it doesn't. Like you've got to make you've got to make some mistakes to to like learn how to do things. And yeah, maybe you do listen to something or someone, and it works. It worked for them, but it might not work for you because the whole point is that all of our bodies are different, aren't they? We're all different heights, different weights, different like flexibility and exactly. things like that, or injuries. So yeah, exactly. And you have like, especially with your clients, you have a real wide range of clients, right? Yeah, I've got loads of different uh, clients, which I think is amazing. I've got male, female. I've got like young, old students, people in all kinds of different jobs and different personalities. I've got like some clients that have got like anxiety and, you know, we have to like overcome things like that. And some people yep. just really scared of like jumping. And yeah, it just depends. And everyone's goals are different. So, Well, this is what I love about it. And I think this is what separates a good person, well, an average personal trainer from a great personal trainer because you're looking at the human side right it's not just about okay we're gonna add 20 kilos to their squat or we're gonna make their biceps bigger it's about kind of the total package and I think that's how you're gonna work with clients long term and actually make a real impact because if it's just about the physical you know it's not I don't know I think I think a, a great personal trainer transcends outside of the gym it's not just about what you can do under a barbell you know yeah I completely agree I mean, some people just, they need like some encouragement and some people don't want to just be shouted at. Some people do want to know like why they're doing a certain thing and, and how it's going to help them. And sometimes they do just, yeah, need some friendly encouragement. It literally depends on, on how, how they like to be kind of trained, I suppose. And I think my approach is, yeah, less, less shouty and just more hmm. encouraging. Exactly. What made you get into it out of interest? I just loved my own training so much and I saw so much progression and I just loved the, the buzz I got from it and the great feeling from feeling so kind of healthy and energetic. You know, it gave me so much more energy. You know, I'm getting older, but I feel like I've got so much more energy than I did when I was like 20. Yep. So, yeah, keep going. Just wanted to get other people to do it and just show them how good it can be. Yeah, man, that's the beauty of it, isn't it? I think if you're inspired, then it rubs off on other people, and then, well, it's a domino effect, really, isn't it? So. Yeah, and if you see, um, like, a good trainer, and you see that they're having a good time with their clients, they're enjoying themselves, and, yeah, of course, they're getting results, then you want to you wanna have a piece of that. You want to go with them. You want to find out what all the fuss is about and find out how, how they got there, and you want to surround yourself with positive people. You don't want any negativity. You want good yep. stuff, so... That's what's important. For sure. What would you say, Izzy, what would you say is the biggest obstacle stopping people getting fit or maybe kind of starting? Because I know sort of there's still a lot of intimidation around it, sort of getting in the gym, especially from a woman's point of view. What would you say is kind of the stumbling block that people are facing and how would they get past that? I think a lot of like women especially, I just feel like the gym is really daunting. I think when it seems like it's busy um people say oh you know i think people are watching me uh they're watching me make mistakes or they're laughing at me uh things like that or i just can't do it you know a lot of people say i can't i can't do a squat or i i don't know how to do a burpee or i can't lift that it's too heavy mm. um so a lot of people just get scared and it's just the fear of yeah doing something wrong and messing something up but if you don't try something then you're never gonna you're never gonna get there so a lot of the time with my clients I'm just trying to get them to come when it's busy and saying like look it's just you and me together doesn't matter what anyone else is doing we're focusing on what we're doing in this space yes we're sharing it with other people but they've got their own goals 
So let them do their thing and we'll do our thing. Well, really, no one cares, do they? Like, I think people sort of, you're always worried about what people are, are, you know, thinking of you, but no one actually cares. Like, everyone's there to do their own thing. And even if you do make a mistake, like, so what? We've all been there. We've all had that stage and, you know, you learn from them. So I don't think that's something that, that should ever kind of get in the way of people. Yeah, definitely. I mean, some people might look at you because maybe, I don't know, they like your leggings or, yeah. um, you know, maybe not so much like guys are saying that, but, um, well, you never know. But, um, yeah, they might be like appreciating the exercise that you're doing. Maybe someone comes over and they're actually like, oh, that's cool. Like, how did you do that? Or, oh, I saw you doing a pull-up. How did you manage that? So they're not looking at you to, like, criticize. They might actually be looking at you for advice or to see what you're doing. Exactly. Okay, so imagine someone comes to see you for the first time, you get through the initial consultation stage, and then it's time to build a program for them. How do you go about building a successful training program? Well, I think most of the time, uh, you know, we sit down and we have a really good chat and find out exactly uh, what the person wants to do. I think sometimes people don't want to say everything, you know, they might be like holding some things back. So I try and get everything out as much as I can, just so I know like where we're going and what we're working with. And initially, I just want to look at people's kind of, um, not like just flexibility, but just checking that they can get their basic movements right. So checking their, you know, squats and their lunges and, and getting the foundations right first before we start moving into anything else. Yeah, man, that's so important. So, so important. So, once you've done the initial mobility then, are you doing anything different for your male and female clients? Do the programs look any different or are they kind of similar? Fairly similar, yeah. I mean, again, depending on what people's um, goals are. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, fairly similar. Try not to, like, have too much of a kind of, like, creating too much of a difference between male and female. Just think that sometimes with... Um, female clients need to be a little bit more attentive and just females do tend to like um, respond like a little bit differently and obviously you've got like um, different times of the month where things are going to be a little bit easier or a little bit uh, harder and things like that so yeah yeah Dan picked up on that a few episodes ago and I think that's so important because it's so easy to kind of disregard that especially as a trainer and just say right come and get your head down push through but you really have got to be sensitive of that kind of thing and you know it's definitely going to pay off in the long run if you are kind of you know having a more holistic approach rather than just trying to beast them every session and get them come home and their legs are shaking and it's just like too much you know you're never going to get anywhere and then the client's not going to enjoy it either so there's got yeah to be that this is exactly how i feel because i've been there you know i've been through a few different personal trainers and i've, I've had male and i've had female and i'm not saying like you know um one was better than the other but when you are female and it is sometimes yeah days are more difficult than others and sometimes you will just start crying in the middle of a session and that's actually okay that's actually completely fine yeah because maybe you know your hormones are a little bit all over the place and I do feel like um it's a bit easier when you are like working female to female you can kind of understand that a little bit more and it's not so much of a shock if it happens and you kind of understand and it might be a bit easier for um, female clients to be able to be a bit more honest about it to their female um, trainer uh, rather than feeling kind of embarrassed about it and and talking about that time of the month. So what does your training program look like now? I know you're kind of every time I speak to you you're on the way from one gym to the other so what's kind of on your training program at the moment? 
Yeah, well, I mean, like, personally for, like, my own training. Yeah. Yeah, so with my training, you know, I'm trying to fit it around all the classes and my clients that I'm training. So, um, yeah, I try and split things up as much as I can. I mean, I do um, focus a lot on lower body, but that's just because that's what I like. It's fine. I do have, like, strong upper body too, but I am training legs probably, like, three times a week. I'm usually, like, breaking things up quite a lot. So I'm trying to, like, separate things like hamstrings and quads and even trying to kind of separate glutes where I can. Um, I so still really like... right glute one day, left glute the other? <laughs> yeah, well, wait, why not? <laughs> if I can be that selective, <laughs> you never know. No, it's weird. Like, my left glute, I did split squats the other day. Um, I was talking to you about it. It was... Um, the squat rack was taken so I had to do split squats as like the primary exercise so I just went a bit heavier with them and I had like real bad doms just in my left glute and my right one was fine it was really weird like it's almost like the right one wasn't firing I don't really know what was going on there but maybe I should yeah, start I mean, splitting them up <laughs> a lot of people um find like activation of the glutes really really hard it's one of the things that a lot of my female clients will say like when we're trying to do um glute exercises they're like ah oh, i just can't you know i'm really struggling to feel it and it is just trying to make sure you get that engagement because if you're not feeling it if you're not understanding which muscles you're working then you're not really going to get anywhere so why is that why do people struggle to kind of activate the glutes is it just because we're all sitting all the time and like we're not using them like i guess because they're the biggest muscle but you know we sit in the office we sit in the car we sit on the train and it's kind of like they're almost redundant right yeah i think Maybe, you know, it just hasn't been something that's been ingrained in us to, to think about engaging them and using them. A lot of it is, you know, like mind and like the connection with the muscle. And yeah. You know, so some of these exercises, they're not things that you do every day. So, of course, you know, your body's going to be a bit confused. It's not going to understand how to make the connection. So it's just starting to get it to understand which movements do what and making sure the, the balance of the weight is there as well. Cool. Well, let's jump into the listener questions then, because we've had a few from the last episode. Thanks to everyone that's uh, sent them in. There's a few that I want to dig down into because um, a couple of them caught my eye. I've got some nice, varied questions. Uh, Izzy, are you good to help me answer a couple as well? Sure, why not? Give them a go. Sweet. Okay. So, first question is a bit of a complicated one. Uh, it's coming from Zed, and it says... Hi Josh, I'm going away for Christmas and trying to shed the last few pounds of fat so I'm ready for the beach. I've been cussing calories gradually since September. Ouch. But my weight loss has stalled and my energy levels are non-existent. What can I do to break this plateau and reveal my abs for the beach? Zed. Cool, well, Zed, I'm very jealous. Uh, wherever you're going for Christmas, it seems a lot warmer than where I'm going, which is absolutely nowhere. You're off to Cornwall, right? I'm going to be in Cornwall, yeah. I'm super excited. It's going to be on the beach, but it's probably going to be cold. It's not quite bikini weather, is it? Unfortunately not. So what would your advice be? I'll let you take a lead on this one and then I can jump in because I've got a few things to say. But I'd be interested to get your opinion on this one. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one because obviously, you know, uh, Zed, I don't really I don't really know you. Um, so I'm not really sure like what exactly um, you've been doing. But obviously you really want to want to shed those last few pounds I mean it is normal to hit like a bit of a plateau um it depends we don't really know what um what cardio that's doing do we yeah no it's, it's a bit of a vague question the thing that is jumping out 
to me here is that he says that he's been cutting calories since September. Now that's a long kind of diet period. That's like, well, depending on when in September you started, that's kind of almost three months now. Um, could potentially be three, four months. And if you're hitting a bit of a plateau, it sounds like perhaps you you may have been dieting too hard. I don't know. I do see that's this quite, what I was thinking. Yeah, I do see this quite a lot. Like people. You keep cutting calories and you keep cutting calories and you expect the scales to budge and there's going to come a point where your metabolism slows down and cutting calories and keeping on cutting calories isn't always the answer. Um, Just to kind of go into the science of this a little bit, you have a hormone called leptin which regulates your metabolism and as you cut calories your leptin levels drop because the reason it does that, leptin is a survival hormone so basically what this tries to do is to keep you alive and preserve body fat as long as possible so if for instance if you take it back like 10,000 years if you were without food and you couldn't kind of forage food for two weeks your leptin levels would drop right down so you would be able to preserve body fat and basically just stay alive as long as possible so we still have that hardwired into us so although we never actually go through a period of famine or not being able to find food the leptin is still there so if we cut calories really really low our body effectively goes into starvation mode and that's when things start to get a little bit tricky because everyone thinks oh yeah just eat less eat less and then you're going to lose weight sometimes it doesn't always work out like that and it almost sounds to me Zed, that we've kind of almost backed ourselves into a corner here and sort of we've cut the calories so low especially if they've been going down since september that really cutting them lower isn't going to be the answer and... yeah i mean if it hasn't really hasn't not really working then it's probably um time to try something else rather than keep cutting them exactly and it kind of makes me think that this probably isn't the answer you're looking for but this is probably going to be a longer approach than a two weeks before your christmas holiday thing like we're probably going to need to reset that metabolism gradually start increasing the food to actually get your body functioning again before those abs are going to become visible like you can starve yourself for another two weeks but you're probably just going to back yourself in further into a corner um, that's kind of how I'm looking at it personally and at the end of the day like abs are nothing no one cares if you have abs like you're there it's a Christmas holiday I don't know if you're there with friends or family or what's going on but enjoy it no one cares if you've got a six pack like don't worry about it be be happy with your body be confident in in yourself like people care about you as a person not whether you got a six pack or um you know your body fat percentage that doesn't matter so enjoy the holiday i would say eat a bit more food relax a little bit maybe and then get back on the wagon in january and we can kind of really take a look at it but what i would say is certainly cutting calories more isn't the answer probably more cardio isn't the answer i mean you didn't say how much cardio or what training you're doing but i would say if you stalled and weight loss is your goal then you know we we probably need to to kind of flip it a little bit and take a take a look at things from another point of view i agree and definitely with that part of you know worrying about your abs um you know if your body if you're stressed out before you're not going to get anywhere and it's so true that you want to relax over this holiday and enjoy it and really who's who is going to be worrying i mean i go through the same thing you know sometimes i'm like i really want abs and hmm. i'm like no i'm really happy with curves and you know our minds are changing all the time but just don't don't listen to anyone else and try not to look at too many kind of instagram accounts where everyone's like showing these abs because you know you can't stay shredded all year round that's just it's just not something that that can be achievable 
Exactly. And I think you've mentioned stress there as well. That's kind of lit something else up in me. But I think if you are stressing too much about it, you didn't kind of say like if revealing your abs, I don't know if perhaps you're lean elsewhere, but maybe like you've just got a bit of belly fat. That is a sign that there's a lot of stress happening. Uh, if you're storing fat around your abdominal region, that's normally because of high cortisol levels, which is obviously the stress hormone. Now, if you're the kind of person that's thinking like, oh, I need to get shredded for the beach, you've been dieting September, that's a lot of stress. And maybe this is just your body's way of saying this is all too much, like just relax a little bit. So my answer would be start eating a bit more, start worrying a bit less, maybe take a couple of weeks, don't exercise so hard, you didn't say what you were doing, but if you're doing a lot of cardio, then maybe take a step back and just enjoy the holidays. And then, you know, if weight loss is your goal, we'll take a look at it again in January. But just try and relax and enjoy the enjoy it, really. Yeah, I completely agree. Sweet. Okay. Izzy, you got the second question there? Yes. Yeah, if you want to read it. I have not got it in front of okay, me because my it. Mac is going no, a bit crazy. That's cool. I think you would... Um, be the best person to answer this one anyway so it says hi josh i've recently moved towards a plant-based diet and i'm feeling great one thing that concerns me is my protein intake you see that a lot right so much <laughs> where am i gonna get my protein <laughs> one thing that concerns me is my protein intake i feel that it is a lot lower than it was when i ate a meat-based diet how do i know if i'm getting enough how much protein should i be aiming for what about complete versus incomplete protein thanks for the help danny over to you Izzy oh this is yeah it's like always like the first topic of conversation and especially um people you know that aren't vegan will just always say well if you go vegan don't expect to get any results or get anywhere because there's just no way that you can get enough protein on a plant-based diet which <laughs> isn't true well, um, as, as I've always said right people like they don't care about what you eat until you tell them tell them you're vegan or you eat a plant-based diet and they're like oh where are you going to get your protein like suddenly they're an expert in nutrition and an expert in protein oh, yeah. everyone's an expert suddenly you know they just tell you that it's not possible yep. which is definitely not true we know that we know that it is um so yeah I mean like there's tons of places that you can get your protein from I mean it depends on what your goal is to how much protein you actually need and obviously depending on like male and female and that kind of thing so obviously we're not 100 percent sure on those details are we no 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 I've, this is all i've got the question yeah um but like if you want to track it you know you can use things like FitPal. like there's there's apps where you can actually you know type things in so you can actually see how much you're getting um <laughs> yeah just trying to trying to think where else no no I, i'll jump in as well and say first things first obviously as you mentioned like what are your goals if your goal i would presume if you're worrying about normally if you're male and you're worrying about where you're going to get protein from your goal is muscle building right so if that's your goal then the optimum protein intake all the research shows that you don't need anything more than 1.6 grams per kilo of body weight that's kind of like unless you're well, unless you're on drugs basically then that's where it's it's going to top off like you won't need any more than that so Using myself as an example, I'm about 75 kilos. So 1.6 grams times 75 kilos, my mental mass is not good, but it's about 125 grams of protein. You might be kind of a bigger guy than me, so say you're 80 kilos, 90 kilos, then you're going to be looking around 130, 140 grams of protein. You can whack out a calculator and work that one out, but you've probably 
seen like we've been we've been told over the years that we need more protein than we actually do like you a lot of the whey protein companies and the bodybuilding magazines will tell you that you need two grams of protein per kilo or three grams of protein per kilo and really it's it's all bullshit because you don't you just don't need that much your body can't process that much so once you've worked out how much you need then it's going to be kind of reverse engineering it like Izzy said kind of finding how much protein you need at each meal so you eat three four meals a day then you can work out right I need 30 grams of protein at each meal and then it's kind of breaking it down and thinking right where are you going to get that from so Izzy I don't know if you run over if you want to run over some of your favorite protein sources because I know there's there's absolutely loads yeah like I mean what I like to try and do is try and have protein in the morning like that's try and have one of one of those kind of meals when I get up so I do eat a lot of tofu again you know like tofu is a lot of people really skeptical on soy um there's a lot of like hype around it and a lot of people saying you know it's it's bad for you and that kind of thing um but you know do your own research and see what you think about it i mean i know for guys obviously it can not be so great but um yeah i mean i think in moderate quantities it's okay and obviously it's quite a lean protein so yeah um things like tofu um tempeh which is like um more of um a kind of fermented soy isn't it it's like fermented soybeans beans even things like chickpeas broccoli can be good mushrooms um yeah beans are great so i mean like i base a lot of my meals around beans so lentils chickpeas black beans uh what i would normally suggest is to get because you mentioned the complete protein as well so if you can combine a bean and a grain or a pseudo grain then you've got a complete protein so for instance chickpeas and brown rice that's a complete protein uh yeah. lentils and buckwheat that's a complete protein so that's a really good kind of habit to get into if you combine one bean with one grain like if you've got like i don't know lentils and brown rice like just a smallish portion of lentils with a side of brown rice maybe some green vegetables you know you've got 30 grams of protein there that's that's easy and it's delicious so that's not a problem yeah definitely and then uh, quinoa, quinoa yeah quinoa is great Amaranth, I can't I haven't say had it. quinoa in ages, I don't know why. Yeah, it's so good. And you get like red quinoa, and then it looks really pretty. Not that, you know, food always has to look attractive, but if it does look good, then I feel like you're more inclined to enjoy it. And if you enjoy it, then generally you will be happier rather than just trying to wolf down a meal and just focus on that protein, protein, protein. I see yeah. that a lot, especially with the guys at the gym, you know, they're just not really interested in what they're eating. There's just... They just know that they need to get that protein, so they're just eating something that probably doesn't even taste very good, and they just want to wolf it down. And I, don't, I think that's a bit of a shame, really. I think I think you should enjoy food and appreciate it, you know. Yeah, for sure. And Danny, if you do need to use protein powders, then it's not cheating. You can like they're there, they help. Things like a hemp protein, obviously our own protein powder, perform is is great. If you just need you know an extra 25 grams of protein, then it's just it's just so easy, you know, whack it in a smoothie um but otherwise like i think you've answered your own question in a way you say you're feeling great your energy levels are good and i think that's the biggest telltale you know as long as you're performing well in the gym you're on track towards your goals you're maintaining your weight then protein clearly isn't an issue you know it's not something you need to worry about every day like it's it's just kind of your total protein intake that matters but if you're getting a good variety of um, whole grains like brown rice, buckwheat, quinoa, um, beans like lentils, chickpeas, black beans, 
protein powders if you need them, hemp seeds, flaxseed, nuts, nut butters, uh, tofu if you do want to eat soy, then you know there's tons to choose from. So I really wouldn't, wouldn't worry about it too much. Um, but yeah, if you want to calculate it, then MyFitnessPal and things like that are there, so you've you've got the tools. It's um, it's all in your hands. I agree. <laughs> and yeah, just try and enjoy your food. Yeah, for sure. Try to not worry about it too much. You can even like um, with the protein powders. Um, and I've done this before, like with Perform, like you can bake with it as well. Like you can yep. you can actually like put it into things, even if you don't feel like a smoothie. You know, you could make um, like a smoothie bowl or something, or you can use it for like brownies and stuff like that. So, yeah, get creative um, with protein powders as well. Don't think they're just for smoothies. Pancakes. Pancakes are awesome. Right? So all you need is like a ripe banana, one scoop of protein powder, um, a tablespoon of flaxseed and a little bit of almond milk. Whisk it all up. Pan fry in coconut oil, and you've got like the best tasting pancakes you'll ever have. And there's 25 grams of protein in there, so can't Sorted. go wrong. Bang, done. You can tell what I have for breakfast this morning. <laughs> yeah, I really feel like pancakes now. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of breakfast, actually, oats are another good one. Like people think of oats as a carb, but like 100 grams of oats has got something like 16 grams of protein in it. So I mean, even like a bowl of porridge, add some hemp seeds in there, some flax seeds, and and you've got 25, 30 grams of protein ready to go. So don't worry about it so much i think you'll be good yes sweet we've got one more question it's probably just going to be a quick one and it's from april and i guess this is following up from the last show uh with christian it says what is the best time to take probiotics do you take a probiotic izzy at the moment i'm not taking probiotic i eat quite a lot of um fermented things so i have quite a lot of like miso um and sauerkraut like sarah makes amazing sauerkraut so i oh, she makes a lot of it. that awesome. yeah she how makes it so i do feel like i'm getting it naturally anyway in like a lot of fermented things um but i'm not adverse to trying like a probiotic supplement i think that like you know they can be pretty beneficial and i know you're really you're really into them aren't you yeah she'll have to I, i've tried making sauerkraut so many times you have to get sarah to send me the recipe because like it just kind of fizzes up in my cupboard and every time I open my cupboard in the morning there's like cabbage juice everywhere it's just like not worth it so I've been buying it it doesn't smell good it really doesn't you see it like leaking out of the cupboard it's like oh no it's happened again like I don't understand if you need a special jar or what you need to do because I know it's the best way like if you can make it at home but it can take like three or four weeks so that's why there's some people like I'd say homemade's the best bet like if you can get homemade sauerkraut and fermented foods then awesome you're rocking you don't need to take a supplement if not then if you can buy raw unpasteurized sauerkraut kombucha that sort of thing then great if not then a probiotic supplement's there like if you just don't like the taste of those foods and you can take a probiotic um i would personally say all the research on probiotics says that if you're taking it in a supplement it shouldn't be taken with food so it's best to take it on an empty stomach because when you take it with food the stomach acid is high because you're eating a meal so you're pumping out more stomach acid to digest the food and then the probiotics struggle to make it through into the gut so best time to take probiotics is usually first thing in the morning wait sort of half an hour to an hour before food or last thing at night before you go to bed and often it's kind of easier for people to do it last thing at night because you know they might be in a rush in the morning and they've got to get some breakfast down they don't have time to wait like half an hour or an hour so i would say if you've got a probiotic supplement take it before bed um 
but read the label as well like a lot of the times on the label they'll tell you the best time to take it like different strains can be taken at different times so it it kind of all depends but um personally i like to take them last thing at night um i'm also not taking a probiotic at the moment i actually take a course every three months i think that's the best way to do it it saves a lot of money as well you don't need to take it every day if you get a good probiotic then it will populate your gut with good bacteria and those bacteria will grow and they will thrive providing you're eating enough fiber enough vegetables and you're kind of taking it easy on the sugar as well because too much sugar can kind of wreak havoc with your gut bacteria so as long as you're doing all those things and you don't need to take them every day i normally recommend just taking one bottle every sort of two or three months you can do it like on the change of season that's a good way to do it like you can kind of do it uh winter spring summer autumn and just like get in the habit of doing it every three months you'll save a lot of money and you'll still get all the benefits as well so that's what i would say to that one yeah and try you know a lot of things are you know you have to experiment and see how you feel like if you want to try the probiotics and just see what changes can happen yeah and that's a good point and always start off slowly as well with probiotics like especially if you're taking a new brand then start Mm. off with like a quarter dose or a half dose or even if you're just kind of getting into eating sauerkraut or kombucha then take it slowly because these are going to be like you basically got new organisms moving into your gut which sounds quite scary it's not but obviously if you take too many at, at the start then suddenly your body's going to go whoa what's going on here and um you might get a few adverse reactions so take it slowly build your way up until you can start you should feel it like a good probiotic you should really feel the difference um especially if, you, if it's your first time using one you you should feel the difference in a few weeks um the more you take them obviously you kind of get used to it but uh yeah that's what i would say on that one so that has covered all our questions there was something else I wanted to talk about, and my mind has gone completely blank. So. Uh-oh. Clearly not getting enough protein. Oh Yeah, clearly. Clearly that protein deficiency <laughs> always happens. No, um, I'm sure it will come back to me as soon as we finish on the show. Izzy, where can people... Uh, I'm sure most people, or a lot of people, already follow you on Instagram already, but what's your uh, Instagram handle? Yeah, so my Instagram is Princess of the Unicorns. Sweet. Yeah, so you can follow me on there. I post like a lot of different things like food um, and fitness and stuff. I'm really active on my stories as well, so usually see what I'm up to. At the I can't keep up. Like I've, been, I've been trying my best to keep up with them. It's just like every time I switch it on, there's like a new one. So I'm like, oh, I can't be bothered with this. I just have to watch them all in one go now. Uh, yeah, people do say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good though. Have you hit 10K yet? No, I'm so close. I don't know what's going on. Help me reach my 10k, guys, because I want to do like some kind of giveaway when I get there. So, yeah. Wicked. Sweet. Yeah. Well, go give Izzy a follow. And you're, are you moving into online coaching yet? Are we? Yeah. So, um, in regards to like the new year, um, the next few things that I'm looking at is number one, I want to bring out an ebook of some recipes because Sweet. Um, a lot of the things that I'm posting online they're now like my own recipes, and a lot of people are interested in in trying them. So, I think that's probably going to be the best bet where I. I make like a little ebook which you guys can download and then I am looking um, towards doing some online coaching as well so you guys can email me in the new year about that awesome we have any kale recipes in there because I'm always intrigued by your kale recipes like kale is one of those foods that I feel like I should eat more of but I just don't like the taste and every time I see you cook kale like you cook it in a different way and I'm thinking yeah I'd really like to try that yeah kale's amazing kale kale is life I mean, hmm. I have a kale tattoo. That's how dedicated I am to the kale. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I have man, a kale well, that tattoo. Says it all. Yeah, um, 
but I mean it is about like how you like it tasting obviously you've got like different types of kale some kale is like a little bit more bitter like the curly kale like the the kind of um brighter green one isn't as bitter as um the cavalo cavalo can't say it um I'm saying it all wrong Nero kale that black one that one's quite yeah, quite yeah, tough um but yeah I mean you can like put it into brownies and stuff and definitely mixing it into like sauces is always good so you've got something to go with it um and I tried these things called kaleettes which yeah. are like a fusion of like Brussels sprouts and kale, which honestly they sound hideous, but they were so good. <laughs> so you should definitely check those out. Like the two worst foods on the planet come together. Two negatives kind of cancel themselves out, make a positive. Yeah, impact. but honestly, they taste really, really good. Don't knock them until you've tried them. No, and I have... they're purple. They're like super colourful. So all colourful food is the best food. For sure. What is it? Just going back to the tattoo, because I'm really intrigued. Is it like a kale leaf or just like the word kale? It's a kale leaf. It's nice. actually a cow leaf, yeah. It's on my hand. Well, not on my hand, like on my wrist. So, yeah. Some people think it's like a different kind of leaf um, <laughs> occasionally. But, yeah, it's definitely a cow leaf. Next level vegan. I love it. <laughs> Sweet. Izzy, thanks so much for coming on the show. You've been wicked. Uh, everyone, go check her out on Instagram. You will not be disappointed with uh, everything she has going on there. And, yeah, we'll. I'm sure we'll get you back on the show soon. We can talk about online coaching and those of other stuff um guys yeah maybe we for... should talk about sugar as well yeah we should we didn't even touch on that did we no it's always a good one so yeah wicked guys thanks for tuning in as always we will see you again next time mm-hmm.